Futurecast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, I'm Kathy Zaka. Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today, we will be finishing up our discussion on spiritual warfare. And our scripture for today is from 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For though we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not weapons of the world. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We tear down arguments and every presumption set up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and to make it obedient to Christ. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, as Susan just mentioned, we will be finishing up our discussion today on spiritual warfare, and it's a lot, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. (sighs) We've been through it the past couple of weeks going through this. You know, I mean, there's this whole other world that's operating all around us that that most of us can't see, and everything in the spirit realm affects all that we do here in the natural. It's just a lot to wrap your head around. But, you know, it's just like anything else in life. You have to learn it to understand it. Mm -hmm. And it's in the knowing or having that knowledge that changes everything. Once you have this knowledge, it totally changes the game. Because then you start understanding your enemy, how he operates, what his purpose is, why he does what he does. And all that we've been through starts making sense. Mm -hmm. And today, we'll talk about how to fight in the spirit. How do we defeat the enemy in this unseen realm? So we're just going to dive right in. Laura, you want to get us started? Yeah, sure. I just wanted to share with you another example of how I learned about a warfare in my home and in my life. And when both my boys uh, were gro- were grown up, they were still living at home because my youngest son was uh, about five years younger than my oldest son. So they were still around. My oldest son was going to seminary, and and so they're still at the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but my youngest son went through a period of, of several years of rebellion from the Lord, and this was a really difficult time, you know, pretty much on our whole family. And my husband and I knew th- things that he was involved in, uh, our son and our son knew we didn't approve of his lifestyle choices. Yeah, I think a lot of parents have been there. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we, he was raised in God's truth. Course, you know, yeah. he had made a decision to follow Jesus right. when he was younger, uh, like we both did. You yeah. know, all of us made a decision while we were young. But right. as many people do, you know, you get older and you start questioning everything you know yes. and try to find out the answers to your questions on your own. And he had made his decision for Jesus again, like when he was, he was about seven, and uh, even prayed to receive Jesus again later, you know, when he was a teenager, because he just wanted to make sure and be assured of his salvation, right? I I think I've done the same thing myself. But I think it's good, you know, to come into your own relationship with God and make it your own, especially when you've been raised in a godly home. But as time went on, he still had questions and doubts, and he started seeking out other ideas and spirituality and new age ideas. And over time, he began to question God's existence, and he was going down the wrong path, and we tried to help guide him, you know, in the right way. Right. But he was an adult now, and he was making his own decisions, and he, had a very, he has a very strong personality. And when he thinks he's right, I mean, there's no arguing him out of it. I have oh, no yeah. idea where he gets that tenacity from. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pointing at myself. <laughs> so many times, you know, he would burst out in anger. Uh, and if we tried to talk to him about his ideas and beliefs, you know, and but no matter how, how you said things or how you phrased it, you know, he saw our ideas as wrong and worthless and we were wrong and he was right. And we could not reason with him. And uh, we had several occasions where he would be screaming over us about his beliefs, and my son knew he couldn't scream at me in front of my husband, so he would somehow find a way to corner me into an argument when my husband wasn't home. 
you know, and many times I would, I wouldn't engage with him. I would just ignore him, but that made him mad, even more mad, you know, at me. So of course, other times I engaged with him because, you know, I just, I'm like, okay. Had enough. Yeah. yeah. I'm the parent. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah. And that led to a big, huge fight. And I would leave the room and go into my bedroom and just lock the door behind me because many times he'd just follow right behind me, screaming at me, you know, and this went on for a while, and I would get really, really frustrated about oh, this. Yes. I'd talk to my husband about it. There, no. Yeah. Yes. And uh, until one time, I went into my bedroom, escaping another screaming match with my son. And I prayed, and I asked God, what, what could I do? What can I do? Yeah. And then God showed me that I needed to fight the spirit that was working through my son and not my son. That's so good. Yeah. Yes. That's so good. Seriously. That. Yeah, it was like a light bulb went off in my mind. Yeah. You know, like, why hadn't that occurred to me before? Yeah. But sometimes when you're in the midst of the fight and caught up in it, it's hard to remove yourself, you know, from that situation mm-hmm. and see things from God's perspective. Yeah. You know, and, and so I, I did just what God told me to do. And I began to go to war against the spirit of anger that was working through my son. And not only was that demonic spirit having victory over my son's life, but it was taking a toll on everybody else's life, too. And I began warring in the spirit and warring with the word of God against that spirit that had taken dominance over his life. And I could see the immediate effect that it had on my son after I prayed because he'd come back later. You know, he, he had a room upstairs. And so he'd come back downstairs a little bit later and acted as if everything was fine and nothing had happened. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's when I knew that I now had a strategy to fight that demonic spirit that had a stronghold on his life. As his mother, I have spiritual dominion over my family and over my house. And I could take authority over spirits that were working in my children, in my own home. And that battle, I'm going to tell you, that battle lasted many years. And he went through probably four or five years we went through this. Wow. Uh, Very difficult times involving many other things. We had to tell him to move out of our home because of his lifestyle choices. But my husband and I persevered and we pushed through, you know, just praying the word of God over our son. And I mean, I looked up specific verses that pertain to the exactly everything that he was doing right? And, and gave a copy to my husband and a copy for myself. And we would pray those scriptures over our son because... It says in the Bible, God watches over his word to see it come to completion. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, Lord, you guarantee that you're watching over the, your word. And so I'm praying your word over my son. Right. And you know, I, I want to stop you there real mm-hmm. quick because, you know, you're doing everything right. You know, you're praying, you're going to God, you're speaking the word over him, mm-hmm. you're declaring those things out of your mouth, you're decreeing them. Right. And yet, even though you're still seeing the opposite of what you're praying for. Mm-hmm. It's important to have that tenacity to continue to push forward and just know. Persevere. You you, you see the opposite of what you're praying for, mm-hmm. but God's got to work in him. Right. He's got to he's work in your son, you know? So you just keep speaking that over him, mm-hmm. and then that's when you, you saw a change. You right. saw the change. I have faith in God. Right. Mm-hmm. I trust him. Don't give up. Right. And I trust that his word is true. Yes. And so I knew he would answer my prayer. Yes. It just would take a matter of time. Right. And so, you know, we continued to intercede, you know, on his behalf on a daily basis. That's important. We didn't stop. And one day we got a call from our son asking if he could come home and talk to us. Awesome. And when he came home, he sat down in the chair and he just began to weep and cry like tears of repentance for all that he'd put us through, all that he'd said about his disbelief in God. And he asked us to forgive him. And then he had a, uh, a supernatural encounter with Jesus one day. You know, this is what he explained to us when he came home. Yeah. And he knew then in that encounter that he had that he was convicted, that he was wrong, and he needed to repent and come home and talk to us about those things. And that was pretty much one of the highlights of my life is to see my, son, my prodigal son come home. Yes. So all of you out there that are struggling with that, mm-hmm. there yeah. is hope. Yep. There is hope. Don't give up. Fight. Don't give up and trust. Yeah. And it's like Laura said, don't condemn the person Mm -hmm. that you're dealing with. Condemn the spirit that's operating in them. And you can pray that Mm -hmm. victory over their life. 
Yes. Right. It's a spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. It's like speaking life over them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes battles take years. Sometimes yes. it takes just a couple of weeks. Yes. But it's all up to the Lord, and right. He'll take care of it. Because right. you know what the most important thing is, is that my son now has a strong relationship with the Lord. Yes. And it's his own. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's for life. Yep. And so I'd rather go through those years battling those things at that time to help him be a great man of God. Right. You know, right. rather rather him go through these things now when he's young right. than when he's a man and has a family. Right. You know? Yeah. So the Lord's taught me that. Let's go through this now. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Thank you mm-hmm. for sharing that, Lord. Yeah. yeah. It's totally worth it, right? Yeah. 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 I'd like to talk about another time my family experienced spiritual warfare. Right before COVID hit, my husband had a car accident. Both of us were driving to my daughter's high school soccer game separately due to schedules. He stopped for a coffee at a supermarket, but before he walked into the supermarket, he was answering emails and messages from his Bible study to help organize for an upcoming men's event at church. He hadn't even taken off his seatbelt yet. Suddenly, a car came full speed straight at the front of his car and hit him head on while he was parked. He went to the emergency Mm -hmm. room and it was confirmed he suffered a concussion. He literally did not move for seven weeks and had to either be in a dark room, no screen time or reading, and no driving. Mm. Uh, He speaks of this time as one of the most intimate times he's ever had with God. He listened to a lot of Christian podcasts, sermons, Bible studies, audio Bible studies, and audio Bible readings. He suffered physical pain, yes. However, he describes this as a truly transformational time with God. Mm. Then COVID hit, and we all learned to sit and be still while he felt like he... He, he was just practicing. Yeah. <laughs> he got a head like, start. <laughs> he felt like he was receiving extra still time to spend with God and our family. That's awesome. In fact, he wrote a journal entry reflecting on this time in his life, and I'd like to share a part of it. It was titled, Thoughts from the Old Leather Chair. Oh, that's going to be good. Wow, or should I say, whoo. What a long, strange trip it's been. January 2020 started off in full throttle, he said, which was really a continuation from men's breakfast in November 2019. It seemed like I started to turn into someone new after speaking from the platform that morning at church. Things were really rolling. Hockey coaching were all at an all-time high. I was meeting with guys for coffee and counsel. 21 days of prayer was very impactful. In fact, I received a word for the year from my great buddy Hansen and the word was elevate your expectations so think about the word i e y e it stands for elevate your expectations wow he said god gives me i in 2020 when everyone's referencing 2020 clear vision that's so good mhm so that's what i did i elevated my expectations i had been thinking and living too small for the very first time i felt like i was in step with the spirit Galatians 5.25. Then, out of nowhere, wham, I was hit head-on while parked with my seatbelt on as I was sitting in my truck writing an email to Pastor Monica, no less. Of all of the close calls and crazy things I've done in my life, this is how I get into an accident. He's just sitting there. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) It's crazy. This is where the old leather chair comes in. Over the following seven weeks, this chair would be the focal point from which everything changed. I spent the majority of my time here suffering, healing, battling, praying, crying, reading, and watching everything I could. God led me to some very interesting places. Through scripture, he spoke to me loud and clear. Not a normal occurrence for me. Mm. As fathers do, he also directed me to other godly people to speak to me. I watched countless old services from Pastor Robert. This invariably led me to other people such as David Ramsey, Neil T. Anderson, the... um. The Steps to the Freedom of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Book. And John Eldridge. Each of these men spoke immeasurably to me. I learned about spiritual warfare and how to battle it in a real practical way. I learned about the lies and agreements I had made with the enemy and how to break them. Some of those lies involved money and how I perceived my finances. Thanks, Dave Ramsey, for setting me on the path to financial mm-hmm. renewal. He's helped a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have so many more examples of God's goodness, he says, including precious time and conversations with our teenage kids. As I sit in this chair writing this, I am reminded that 2020 
has been the most blessed year in my life. I certainly don't mean to be insensitive to anyone who has experienced loss and even death of a loved one, but I truly feel the full effect of God's love for me. It took some time, 51 years, and some hard lessons, but I'm thankful I serve a loving God and attend a holy church. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah that's amazing that you know, who knows what the enemy had planned for him mm-hmm. before right. that accident. You know, So God, he was sitting. He was not moving. You know, he was right. just sitting in his car and then mm-hmm. boom, out of nowhere, you know. So those seven weeks, there's, there's a lot that God wanted to do with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm just going to make you sit here and spend time. What else is he going to do? But yeah. what the enemy right. meant for harm, God brought for, for good. good. Yes. The mm-hmm. way it works. And it's God's good and how he orchestrates everything in our lives. It's just yes. so amazing. I do have to add this, this okay. old leather chair. Yes. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was bought with a matching sofa, both, uh-huh. for $70. That's- <laughs> Thanks, Dave Ramsey <laughs> at Grace Bridge, another amazing organization. Yep. That's good. That's <laughs> that was awesome. money well spent. Yeah. All right. So now I want to jump into the spirit realm. So just to give you an idea of how very real the spirit realm is, I want to talk about Torch for just a minute. Torch is Michael, the archangel's horse. So I've mentioned this encounter a few times, so I'll review it pretty quickly here. I had an encounter in heaven that took me to the horse stables. I was walking along with Jesus and God, the Father, and there was a horse up ahead that was clearly excited as we approached. God was laughing, and I smiled as he told the horse to hold on as we made our way to him. Jesus leaned over to me and said, This is Torch. He loves my Father so much. And I watched in awe as Torch responded lovingly to God's touch and attention. And I saw a massive angel approaching. As he walked up, I immediately knew him to be Michael the Archangel. He's larger than life. His armor is um, is like nothing I've ever seen before. He introduced himself and said, I already know who you are. All of heaven knows you. The only thing I could think of to say was, well, we know of you on earth. <laughs> pretty intimidating. Uh, he grinned at me, and his presence was one of strength. And I asked, what can I do to help in the battle we're fighting? And he responded, keep doing what you're doing. Speak our Father's truth. And that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So I also heard Jesus say, Torch is Michael's horse. The horse was grayish white with some white spots on him. He was beautiful, powerful, and magnificent. And Michael said, he likes you. He doesn't let many people get this close to him. So I felt a connection to Torch unlike anything I've ever felt before. Torch looked deeply into my eyes, and it was like he knew me. And I immediately fell in love with this horse. He nuzzled me, and I stood there petting him for a long time. Michael, Jesus, Jesus, and God continued walking down the long row of stables, But I stayed with Torch. He comforted me in ways that I can't put into words. And it's the strangest thing (laughs) to have this relationship with the horse in heaven. Mm -hmm. This horse is in heaven. (laughs) So I have to keep processing that. But I have this huge connection. It's like our relationship with dogs or pets that we have. But it's it's the same with with Torch. (laughs) Yes, it's my my horse. Um, And I was honored to be standing there next to him. I, I knew in my spirit that Torch was a leader. But I was amazed to find out that he was Michael's horse. And it made sense because they paired up so perfectly together. Mm-hmm. And you can read that full encounter on my website. You know, that, is, that experience was in June of this year. So it's been quite a few months. So fast forward a few months. And since that time, I've had many encounters with Torch. I love seeing him. And he always seems so happy to see me, too. It seemed like, like every time I visited heaven, he was always there to greet me. Until about a month ago. That would be September of 2020. 2022 2022 (laughs) because i'm not sure when our audience will be listening to this so you guys i'm just giving the dates out there so when i would visit heaven torch was noticeably nowhere to be found and i asked the lord one day i said why haven't i seen torch and he responded that he was in training i took that knowledge in not thinking anything of it like all right well about two weeks ago this is around the first of october i saw torch and he was dressed in his full armor the first time I've ever seen him with his armor on. Hmm. And I ran and gave him the biggest hug. He hugged me back. It was a brief encounter, and I have not seen him since then. Hmm. Okay, so now I want to share something that Dutch Sheets recently spoke about. And you can find this whole, um, whatever he talked about on YouTube, and it's titled Dutch Sheets 2022 Prophetic Summit. And I encourage you to look it up and watch it because it has some amazing revelatory information in there. It was a prophetic word. It was a prophetic word. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of the, yeah. what it yeah. was. So Dutch talks about a prophetic dream given to him by Greg Hood at the beginning of this year, which is 2022. 
This prophetic dream is titled The World Seers Series. So that's S-E-E-R-S and then series. So in this dream, they're playing baseball. And there are a lot of details that I'm leaving out for the sake of time. But each quarter of this year was broken down in this dream. And God showed what he was going to be doing. So the first three quarters have passed. And all of what God said has happened. One of them being the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Mm -hmm. So what I want to talk about is the fourth quarter, which we are currently in. It started October the 1st, and what Dutch said absolutely blew me away because of what I've seen and experienced in the heavenly realm. So he said that in the fourth quarter, Michael, the archangel, this is all from the prophetic dream, Mm -hmm. Michael, the archangel, is coming onto the scene. So in the dream, Michael came in to take over the umpiring of the game, and Dutch says, whatever the battle is, when God says it's time for Michael and his army to show up, it's over. Mm -hmm. That's where we are at. Michael is here. This explains why I haven't seen Torch, because he was in training prior to the beginning of the fourth quarter. And as a seer and a prophet, it is so amazing when we get huge confirmation like that on what we are seeing and hearing from God. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand when I was going through that that whole process and asking, I miss him. Like I said, I have this huge connection. You know, it's like an animal or something, a family member. It's like I just right. had this huge love for mm-hmm. him and I miss seeing him. Mm-hmm. So this quarter that we are currently in is going to be a time of one of the biggest spiritual battles ever fought. But it's just like Dutch Sheet said, when God says it's time for Michael and his army to show up, it's over. So good things are coming. Mm-hmm. God is bringing in the new. And all the things that many of his prophets have said over the past several years, it's finally here. And I wanted to share that story with all of you because it has affected me so deeply. You know, knowing what I know about Torture Michael, because I've seen both of them, the devil has no chance up against them and Michael's army. And I've also seen some of God's warriors angels. I've seen those as well. And they're massive. And they are very well trained. Mm, I'm sure. Yes. So the next few months going into 2023 are going to be exciting and wonderful for all that know him. For the enemy and the ones that don't know him, it's going to be scary. And many of them will experience fear that they have never encountered before. So the enemy knows things are heating up in the spiritual realm. He knows God and his army are prepared to take him and all of his plans down. And he is not happy about it. And it's why everything around us seems so tense right now. The enemy knows, and he's fighting it with everything in him. And the spiritual warfare for the ones that God is using here on earth, it, you know, it's escalated too. Wow. Thank you, good? Kathy. Yeah. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Um, speaking of giving a simple illustration of the running gauntlet of evil yeah, and how evil spirits interfere in our lives, um, I'd like to refer to Neil T. Anderson's book, The Bondage Breaker. Yeah. He gives an illustration. Imagine you're standing at the, at, standing at the end of a long, narrow street lived on both sides with two-story apartments. At the other end of the street stands Jesus Christ, and your Christian life is the process of walking down that long street with your eyes on the author and finisher of your faith. There's absolutely nothing in the street that can keep you from walking toward Jesus by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you receive Christ, you fix your eyes on him and start walking. But since this world is still under the dominion of Satan— The apartments on either side are inhabited by beings who are committed to keeping you from reaching your goal. They have no power or authority to block your path or even slow your step. So they hang out the windows and call to you, hoping to turn your attention away from your goal and disrupt your progress. They're like pimps who who are trying to lure you into houses of ill repute. Some will tempt you by saying, hey, look over here. I've got something you really want. It tastes good, it feels good, and it's a lot more fun than your boring walk down the street. Come on in and take a look. Others will accuse you by saying, Who do you think you are? God doesn't love you. You will never amount to anything. Surely you don't believe that bit about being saved. Satan's secret agents are masters at accusation, especially after they've distracted you through temptation. 
one minute, they're saying, try this, there's nothing wrong with it. Then when you yield, you're right there taunting. See, see what you did? How can you call yourself a Christian when, Christian when you behave like that? Mm-hmm. Accusation is one of Satan's primary weapons in his attempt to distract you from your goal. Have you guys seen that commercial for Pinterest where the person's trying to get ready? It's a new commercial. I've just seen it. And the person's trying to get ready, and they're trying on this outfit, And the, but this it's the other, it's them. It's like their voice, the other voice. And it's saying, that outfit looks stupid on you. And oh, ah, why are you going to wear that? Why are you wearing those shoes? And it's like there's a couple of ads in there for Pinterest where the people are like, Se- their self doubt is talking to them, like arguing with yeah. them, and they're trying to, either. yeah, and they're trying either. to shove that voice out. And I immediately thought of that, you wow. know, Isn't that because wild? yeah, and Pinterest is using it because, of course, it it helps inspire you, right? right? Of course, right. so we'll just reverse that. So God is the one who inspires us, but, right? <laughs> but still, you know, it was just uh, that just popped in my head when you were talking. That's exactly what they were trying to point yeah. out in the commercial. Yeah, Why you know, not? don't listen to that voice. Listen to yourself. Yeah, you know, right. but, the enemy's good at that. That's right, yeah. right. <laughs> wow. Other remarks which are hurled at you as you walk down the street sound like this: You don't need to go to church today. It's not important to pray and read the Bible every day. Some of this new age stuff isn't so bad. That's deception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's Satan's most subtle and debilitating weapon. Mm-hmm. You'll often hear those messages in first-person singular. I don't need to go to church today, mm-hmm. right? Pray, read my Bible, and right. so on. So this is critical. Satan knows you will be more easily deceived if he can make you think the thought was yours right. instead of his. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, that jerk. <laughs> <laughs> what is the enemy's goal in having his demons jeer you? taunt you, lure you, and question you from the windows and doorways along your path. He wants you to slow down, stop, sit down, and if possible, give up your journey toward Christ. But remember, he has absolutely no power or authority to keep you from steadily progressing in your walk That's toward right. Christ. Yes, And he can never own, own you because you have been redeemed by Jesus, Christ Jesus and you are forever in him. Mm-hmm. But if he can get you to listen to the thoughts he plants in your mind, he can influence you. And if you allow him to influence you long enough through temptation, accusation, and deception, he can stop your progress. Nobody loses control to Satan overnight. It's a gradual process of deception and yielding to its subtle influence. Neil T. Anderson estimates that only about 15% of the evangelical Christian community is living free and productive life in Christ. Wow. These believers know who they are in Christ. They have meaningful devotions, and they are bearing fruit. How tragic. Being alive and free in Christ is the birthright of every child of God. Yes. We don't have to live a carnal life. We can live a liberated life in Christ. That stirs something in me, you know, only Mm -hmm. 50%. That tiny percent. Yeah, and it's just like what you said, being alive and free in Christ is the birthright of every child. If people knew how they could live without all of the junk and the garbage mm-hmm. in their life if they knew and the torment oh, mm-hmm. it, this world would be such a different place yeah just and christians would have a whole different look yes yeah oh, it just makes me mm-hmm. passionate about what we're doing mm-hmm. and also i would like to refer to an article by chip ingram on living on the edge.org.org he describes us christians that we take absolute personal responsibility for our behavior and our choices And there's a cause and effect to those things. And some very difficult things happen in our world because it is a fallen world. Bad things happen to good people. There are tornadoes and hurricanes and so much more. God never designed the world to be this way. He gave us dominion over the world in the very beginning of time. But there's also an enemy that we fight, and he tempts us in every way. We just heard how he tempts us right? Yeah. on that walkway, yes. the street. Just think to yourself, have you ever had a curse word come straight to your mind? Have you suddenly become suspicious of a really good friend or your spouse? Yeah. Or have you made a very large spiritual journey step and afterwards you were tempted in the biggest way to sin? That is how conniving the enemy is. He makes us think those thoughts are our own. Mm-hmm. In the article I just mentioned by Chip and Grum, he describes how whether it's 
Instagram, a movie, Netflix, or Facebook, there's an orchestrated global goal to get people distracted and believing they are the center of the world. And then we start thinking our self-worth comes from the number of likes we receive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He mentions commercials and suggests asking ourselves after watching them, what exactly are they selling? Movies yeah. have changed immensely over the years. Where have our values gone? Right. Yeah. Ugh. The level of shock has changed so much. It takes a, a lot for us to be shocked now when we hear the news or horrible things. Yeah, yeah. we've become numbed. It yeah. Keeps, it keeps leveling up, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Oh, we've heard this now. And then the next thing you hear, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, all right. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just not, it doesn't. It becomes ho-hum. Yeah. Instead of, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. We even laugh at the things that are wrong and evil. Yes. This didn't happen overnight. The goal of the enemy is to blind the minds and blur what was once so clear. Yes. Yeah. You know, with all these examples we've shared, you can see that the spiritual warfare has increased. Yes. yes. Right? The best way to fight off the enemy is to use God's word as our weapon as we fight in the spirit against his attacks. And our best example was set for us by Jesus when he was led into the wilderness and was tempted by Satan. Yep. In Luke 4, 1 through 13 I love the voice translation. It says, When Jesus returned from the Jordan River, he was full of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit led him away from the cities and towns and into the desert. For 40 days, the Spirit led him from from place to place in the desert, and while there, the devil tempted Jesus. Jesus was fasting, eating nothing during this time, and at the end, he was terribly hungry. At that point, the devil came to him. The devil said, Since you're the Son of God... You don't need to be hungry. Just tell this stone stone to transform into bread. Jesus said, It is written in the Hebrew Scriptures, People need more than bread to live. Then the devil gave Jesus a vision. It was as if he traveled around the world in an instant and saw all the kingdoms of the world at once. And the devil said, All these kingdoms, all their glory, I will give them to you. They're mine to give because this whole world has been handed over to me. If you just worship me, then everything you see will all be yours, all yours. And Jesus said, get out of my face, Satan. Love that. I love that. The Hebrew scriptures say, worship and serve the eternal one, your God, only him and nobody else. And then the devil led Jesus to Jerusalem, and he transported Jesus to stand upon the pinnacle of the temple. The devil said, since you're the son of God, just jump. Just throw yourself into the air. You keep quoting the Hebrew scriptures. They themselves say, He will put his heavenly messengers in charge of you to keep you safe in every way, and they will hold you up with their hands so that you will not smash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, Yes, but the Hebrew scriptures also say, You will not presume on God, and you will not test the Lord, the one true God. The devil had no more temptations to offer that day, so he left Jesus, preparing to return at some other opportune time. Notice that he said, No more temptations to offer that day. Right. That day. didn't stop. Mm-hmm. not going to stop. He's going to come back at another opportune yeah. time, right? Mm-hmm. When a weakness or whatever. Us. He wants to wear us down. Right. Just keep wearing you down. Right. He may not be hitting on you every day, but he's going to come when you're unaware. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's why we just have to be on our guard all the time. Right. Right. So a really important thing to note here is that Jesus had just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it was the Spirit that led him into the wilderness to fast and to pray before beginning his earthly ministry as the Messiah. And it was during this time of going without food for 40 days that Satan saw his chance to tempt Jesus while he was in a very weakened state physically. And I know from a personal experience, you know, that when I'm sick or weak, this is when I'm attacked, you know, in not only my body, but also in my thoughts by the enemy. Right. Mm -hmm. He's a strategist, and the Bible says that he's cunning. So when I'm sick or really tired, I have to keep my thoughts guarded at all times. Yeah. And when Kathy, Susan, and I, you know, we all agreed to take on this podcast, we all began experiencing more intense spiritual warfare in our lives and with our family. Yes. And we would come together, you know, to work here at my house, and but we'd have to spend <laughs> the first hour and a half, you know, just... An hour sometimes, you know, just... Sometimes it's longer. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's longer. Just, you know, we get here yeah. and we talk out things, you know, that we're, we're getting hit with. And we spend time just praying over one another, using God's Word to worshiping, combat... Worshiping, we yep, worship. Yep, and just spend time worshiping the Lord together and just praising God for who He is and for what He's doing in our lives, despite all the enemy's attacks. Right. 
Yes. You know you're making a difference for God's kingdom when the enemy starts attacking your work right away. Yeah. But, you know, the encouraging part of all this resistance is knowing that there's a greater reward awaiting on the other side of this battle. Right. And if just one person is encouraged and strengthened in their relationship with God through this podcast, then it's all worth it. I agree. Yes. Totally yeah. worth it. Yep. Yes, it and we is. love doing this for God. You know, mm-hmm. it brings him well-deserved glory. Right. Well, seeing into the spiritual realm, you know, it is possible. It took me a long time and a lot of practice, but now that I've learned what to do, I'm unstoppable. And God loves it when he says, when he sees us trying to learn more about his kingdom. Yeah. He loves that. It's the intimacy. We've talked about it so many times. He loves Mm -hmm. to reward us. He does. Mm -hmm. He loves spending time with us. And he loves just the effort that we try, you know, Mm -hmm. because it takes a while. You know, it's different for everybody. It took me a while to Mm -hmm. get to this point with him, but he loves it. He loves it. All right, let's go into Second Kings chapter six, verses eleven through seventeen. You know that that whole scripture there. It's a great example of seeing into the spiritual room. And it says, "This enraged the king of Aram." That, I think Aram. That? Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, "Tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel." None of us, my lord, the king said. One of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. And the report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This is a clear example of the invisible spiritual realm that surrounds us. And when I was working on my notes for this episode, the Lord brought back a prophetic word that he gave to me a few months ago. This was on September the 1st of 2022. As I sat waiting on the Lord, I heard these words. There is strength in numbers. I then saw a vision of animals running in a field, and I knew the Holy Spirit wanted me to pursue this further. So I looked up what animals are known for strength in numbers. Well, they are meerkats. Meerkats work as a team, in unity, and they protect each other. When they are together, they look massive and threatening. Meerkats work together to intimidate the predator until it backs down. So hold on to this image for just a moment. So I waited in reverence for the Lord to speak. And he said, I am the Lord your God, and I want to reveal a truth to you today. There are more of you than there are of him. The enemy knows this, and it is why he is trying so hard to destroy all of my children. The enemy can't control the majority, the masses of people that want nothing to do with his evil plans. That is one of the many reasons why all the lies are spewing forth from many different sources all around the world. Let me say this again. There are more of you than there are of them. That's encouraging. That's so encouraging. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming to tell you the truth of what they have been, what they have been doing. I will reveal all of it, so you will never be deceived in this way again. The tide is turning in your favor. The coming months will reveal many things, so I say to you, get ready, rise up. It's time to take the enemy down. There is strength in numbers. Mm -hmm. And even though the enemy doesn't want you to believe this, this is very much emphasis when the Lord said this again, there are more of you than there are of them. Yeah. And they do not have all of heaven on their side, but you do. Right. The enemy will not will know that I am God, and they will not win this fight. We're on the winning side. We're on the yeah. winning side. So mm-hmm. my children, be encouraged today. Remember my prophet Elisha and the angels that were surrounding him. This is from the scripture I read earlier from Second Kings. The Lord continues, I can assure you that my angels are well, are well prepared for this battle, and they surround the entirety of earth, not part of it. But all of earth. It's awesome. I am coming to set you free. I am your father and I love you deeply. So rise up. The day of truth is almost upon you. Victory is coming. Justice is coming. And joy like never before is coming. For this is the day the Lord has made. And I say rejoice and be glad in it. Mm. Again, mm-hmm. our God yes. wants us to be in unity as the body of Christ to rise up against the enemy to work together just as the meerkats do, to intimidate the predator until it backs down. Because 
There are, more, with of me. Us. There are more of us than, than there, there is are of the enemy. enemy. Amen. <laughs> oh, amen. Yes. I, you know, I had a dream the other night that seemed like it represented spiritual warfare. Yeah. <clears throat> I first have to explain how the day before the dream panned out. We had a worker assigned to our house to make a repair by sealing a hole in the ceiling in our kitchen. Ugh, where, not fun. Not fun at all, where we just experienced a leak. In the dream, my husband and I were in our bedroom in the morning getting ready for the day. He was about to shower, standing naked, and I had a white bathrobe on. We were standing talking about what was scheduled for the day, and I heard a man's voice in the kitchen. I was like, uh, whose voice is that? Yeah, that <laughs> freaked me out. He looked at me like, what? I said, listen, whose voice is that? I hear a man's voice. He heard it too in the dream and said, it's him, the worker. The phone rang, and my husband answered it while he was walking out of the bedroom into the kitchen, mm -hmm. saying, the peop the company was saying the worker is on his way, except the worker was already in our house. I said to my husband, how did he get in? There's no way he could get in. The house seemed in disarray, too, like we were packing to move and things were scattered. I peered around the corner, and I saw three guys in the kitchen laughing and chatting as they were working. I was so confused why there were now three workers since the job was nearly done, and I was also still wondering how they got into the house. Yes, yeah, so wait. So in your dream, Susan, God was showing you that in a time where you opened up your home, literally, you know, for repairs mm -hmm. to be done, it also opened up the opportunity for a stranger to enter your domain, you know, like I talked about, your domain, and bring demonic spirits in along with him. And your husband was standing naked, meaning that he was transparent and open. And you were robed in white, meaning you were covered in a robe of righteousness. Wow. You know, God's reminding of who you are, right? Yeah. Right. And this wow. is your home. But in the dream, God was alerting you to the unwelcome presence of these demonic spirits. Remember, the house was in disarray, too. Yeah. Right. So the enemy comes in to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. So he was destroying your house. He was disrupting something And there. disrupting, yes. right? Yes. And he was showing you that you need to cleanse the house of what came in. Wow. You Thank know? You. That's so good. Yeah. Mm. Thanks. And, and God's so good to give us dreams like that, because we don't always, we don't know the things that have come into the home. Right. Right? But, but he brings our attention to those things, right. and so that we can take care of business. So we can take dominion. Right. Over the exactly. area. Yes. That's house, your house. Our family. Yeah. Right. Oh, thank you for that interpretation, Laura. Mm -hmm. That's good. You know, this dream brings me to discuss a book by Chuck Pierce and Rebecca Wagner Sitsima called Protecting Your Home from Spiritual Darkness. It is about 10 steps that can help you clean house, place Jesus in authority, and make your home a safe place. Our home is a rental, and it has had its fair share of needed repairs. Two weeks before this repair, a leak burst through our kitchen ceiling, and it seemed like buckets of pouring water through our kitchen floor. Oh, gosh, you poor thing. Mm. At, well, we had those bins from Walmart catching yeah. water, <laughs> not, not buckets. Yeah, at that point, yeah. Uh, after this, I said, this is it. I've had it. I went to each room in our house, garage, front and backyard, praying over a family space. I anointed each living space with holy oil. I took dominion over our home and prayed spiritual warfare prayers that were very helpful to have in that book. It's good. As I mentioned earlier, one of the common misconceptions about spiritual warfare is that we can have freedom from multiple attacks instantaneously. Or the other misconception is freedom gained is the end of spiritual warfare. Instead, ground retaken in one's life must be defended, sin be purged, and a life of commitment continued. Yeah. Well, how can I be certain I've been called to the battle? Oh, that's a good one. You might be thinking, maybe I haven't been called to this fight. You know, I'm not really the warrior type. Well, Dr. David Jeremiah explains, well, you might not be acting like a warrior, but if you're a Christian, you're in the army. <laughs> that's you're cool. in the army now. Yeah. <laughs> All believers have been drafted, and either you're going to help fight or you're going to sit in the background and be miserable. Oh, that's mm -hmm. right. I'd right? rather fight. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Here's a quote from J.C. Ryle. And the true Christian is called to be a soldier and must behave as such from the day of his conversion to the day of his death. He is not meant to live a life of religious ease, indolence, and security. He must never imagine for a moment he can sleep and doze along the way to heaven. It seems that much of our theology we're exposed to today is about how we can make things better for ourselves. 
how we can get more money, how we can have more joy, how we can accumulate bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. Too often the church's message has become about us. But when we study the Bible, we realize that Christianity isn't about making our lives trouble-free. It's about becoming worthy soldiers for Jesus Christ. And that's the spirit of godly soldiers, not looking for the easiest way, but asking for God's help to be prepared for what's ahead. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's good. You know, it's time. It's time that we started being proactive instead of reactive. It's time for us to learn about the real fight that's going on around us in the spirit room. Not only learn about it, but learn how to fight in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do we fight in the spirit? Well, God provides all that we need to fight these unseen demonic spiritual forces that come into our lives. And I'm going to list some that I found on a website. Uh, it's called ibelieve.com. The, the website I mentioned earlier, but I'm also going to add in some others that I've found helpful in my own life. God gives us the Holy Spirit. This is the first one. God gives us the Holy Spirit to help us stay strong in the battle. He never leaves us to fend for ourselves. The second one, he reminds us to put on the full armor of God. We've talked about this, this scripture several times. Ephesians six ten through 17 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If you are experiencing spiritual warfare, read this scripture every day to remind you of God's armor. And then the third one is, prayer is a really good weapon against the evil schemes of the enemy. James 5.16 says, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Spending time with God is one of the most important things you can do. God will give you strength, courage, and revelation on how to fight the enemy. Also pray with other believers. There's power and unity. And that's something that, you know, we were talking about earlier with the three of us having spiritual warfare. We pray together to fight this. Mm-hmm. When Laura was talking about her, her son's testimony of how he came to Christ, she went to God. Mm-hmm. You know, she went and she fought for her mm-hmm. son. Prayed with your husband. Yes, mm-hmm. yes you do that. So the fourth one is God's word is another weapon that is powerful and effective. And that is true. That is a weapon. He arms us with the sword of the spirit and the word of God to stand against the enemy's lies. Speak the scriptures in the Bible. Speak them out loud out of your mouth. It is truth going out into enemy territory. Mm -hmm. Another good one. Number five. Another effective tool is praise and worship. We've done that. Mm -hmm. There is power in praise. When we worship, the enemy flees. It's right. Every time. Because yes. he can't be around it. He doesn't want to be around it. Mm-hmm. It makes the enemy flee. It pushes back the darkness that surrounds you, and it blocks the enemy's attacks against you. The sixth thing, obedience to Christ, sets a powerful example that, that says that we are willing to die to our own desires and live for the glory of God. He only wants good things for us. Mm-hmm. Number seven, there is also the blood of Christ and the word of our testimony. We have been set free by the blood of Christ and the power of his sacrifice by death on the cross, and we now have a new identity in him. No demon or darkness can ever separate us from the love of God with us in Christ our Lord. Mm-hmm. Another, number eight, this is a good one that um, Susan was just talking about it. Anoint your house, anoint your yes. rooms, anoint your pillows, anoint where you sleep. Door handles. Yes, mm-hmm. anoint your spouse and your children. Pray a hedge of protection over each one of your family members. Uh, the devil, he knows, he knows the works that, that, um, that we can do to stop him. So the more that you you can do, the more we've got all those weapons at our arsenal, use them because mm-hmm. it, it, it sets him back. It's like basically covering every door, every entrance yes. to your home. Yes. You know, and everywhere that you think the enemy is attacking you at, you claim the blood of Christ over it. You anoint and it with oil. I was going to add to that number seven about the blood of Christ yeah. um, and the word of our testimony. And, and I was going to say, you, you can also take communion. That's good. You know, because that's what I do each day. Yes. Because the Lord told me to, not yes. be, not out of a religious spirit, but right. but I believe that he wanted to give me extra protection, okay. yep. you know, so I just recommend 
just, you know, a cracker and some juice. And it's just taking time to recognize Christ's authority in your life, the seal upon your heart, the signature on your forehead, and the crown of glory he's put on your head, and the robe of righteousness that he covers you in. It's a a daily thing I do. Powerful. It is. Powerful. You're being covered in the yes. blood of Jesus. So yes, that's good. That's something else to do. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Number nine, command any evil spirit that is operating in your home or in your family to leave. Like Laura said earlier, mm-hmm. you command that spirit that's operating. This is my house. This is my get out. You're not here. You're no. not welcome here. Get out. <laughs> if you don't see any changes, keep praying until you know it is gone. Mm-hmm. They cannot stay if you command them in Jesus name. Yeah. And then the final one, number 10, sometimes you may have to fast during spiritual warfare. If you don't feel like you're getting an answer, pray and seek out God for instructions on this. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. And when you decide to, when you decide to fast, mm-hmm. again, it's powerful. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, like Jesus said when he was casting out demons, and the, right. the he cast a demon out of man. The disciples said, "How come we couldn't do it?" Right. And he said, "Because this one comes out only by prayer and fasting." fasting. Right. And so God knows you what you need listen. to do. Just ask him for instruction. Right. Is this something that requires fasting, Lord? Yeah. And if he gives you that nod, yes, yes. I want you to do this, then just be obedient. Right. Because he knows what it takes. Right. And that's why we're saying this, you know, because some of you may have been, you know, in this situation where you've been trying, you've been praying for a, a particular event in your life to change. You're not mm-hmm. seeing any answer. Go to God and ask Him. Mm-hmm. He may need you to fast. He may need right. you to anoint something. It may be something that you haven't tried that mm-hmm. or tried yet. Either way, if nothing's working, go to God. Because fasting means you're emptying yourself out of something that gives you pleasure. Yes. To receive more of God's power in right. place of that. Right. And He honors that. Yes, He does. Mm-hmm. The blessing will come. Because it's the Lord's power working in you that rebukes right. the enemy. Right. Right. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Isaiah fifty four seventeen one of my favorite verses, says, no weapon formed against you will prevail and you will, you will refute every tongue that accuses you. Mm-hmm. So you will know when you're dealing with spiritual warfare, you will, you will not feel at peace. Things will feel chaotic. You will feel overwhelmed or frustrated, sometimes angry. Learn to recognize the signs and then take whatever it is to the Lord. He will guide you and show you what you need to do to overcome what the enemy is trying to do to you or your family. Mm-hmm. And before we close for the day, I, I want to share a word that Jesus gave me that I hope will encourage you. And I received this word on October the 17th of this year. And this is what Jesus said. He said, your minds are a battlefield for the enemy. And even as you put on the full armor of God every single day, the enemy is constantly chipping away at it, trying to make you vulnerable to his attacks. You must learn to recognize all that he tries to do so you can fend him off. I am with you always, even if you are in the darkest days of your life. I am with you. I do not leave you if you make a mistake. I'm always there. All you have to do is call on my name, and I will answer. There is a war going on around you in the Spirit. I am there. There are demons trying to destroy you. I am there. My angels surround you. I am there. The choices you make determine the outcome of the battles in your life. No matter what choice you make, I am there. When you succeed, I am there. When you fall, I am there. I will never leave you, even through your darkest days. I am there. I pour out my blessings over you, and the enemy steals them away. It's time for you to rise up and say no the enemy, no to the enemy for all that he has taken from you. It is time to stand up and fight. It is time for you to take back what the enemy has stolen from you and your families. I meant the blessing for you to bless you and your family. Take it back. Mm -hmm. Boldly stand up and fight the enemy of your soul. Yes, this means a fight. Understand your authority. Understand who you are, a child of the Most High God. Know what you are capable of and watch the tables turn in your favor. And as you fight, I am there. I will send armies of angels in the spirit to defend you. But I need you to quit laying down and taking what the enemy is doing. Get up and fight. Together, we will destroy the enemy. I will guide you, and I will show you the way. Know your worth. Do you not know how precious you are to me? Far more precious than the finest jewels. Know your worth, so that you may understand the power and authority that you have over the enemy. The enemy doesn't want you to know your worth. This is because you will be able to defeat him in everything he does. Recognize the warfare in your life. Why is it there? 
Who is doing it? Do you have peace or are you experiencing chaos? If you have peace, you have me. If you have chaos, the enemy is working in your life to destroy you and your family. This is spiritual warfare. I have come to bring peace. I have come to bring my Father's glory. I have come to teach you, to show you the way. Wake up. Fight for freedom from the enemy. Shake it off of you. Put on the full armor of God to fend off the wickedness that surrounds you. Reach for me, and I will destroy all that stands in the way. Recognize the warfare. Fight. Stand your ground and know your worth, for you are worth far more than gold, far above anything you can think or imagine. I am always with you, and together we will defeat the enemy. Come to me. Talk and walk with me. I will teach you, and remember, I am always there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for those precious words of encouragement today. We love you so much, and we are thankful for all that you do for us. You know, if you're listening right now and and you feel like you're experiencing spiritual warfare, please just send us an email at puretruthpodcast3, the number three, at gmail.com, and we will pray for you. You don't have to fight the battle alone. We are all a part of the body of Christ, and when someone is struggling, we help lift each other up. Yep. Yes. And if you're listening, just know that we're praying for you. Mm-hmm. I think we can, all, we can all agree that we are definitely experiencing spiritual warfare all around the world right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Satan sends demons to attack, and our Father has angels assigned to each one of us to protect us. We personally fight a battle with Satan in the spirit realm daily, and most of the time we are not even aware of it. There are so many weapons the enemy has in his arsenal, and he uses them constantly to break us down. We need to be aware of what our enemy is capable of so we know how to defeat him, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God never meant for any of us to live in turmoil or in pain, frustrated or angry, depressed or sick. It's because of our lack of knowledge that we suffer the way that we do. So it's time to turn the tables on the enemy. We need to seek God for revelation and, and instructions on how to win this fight. Spiritual warfare is very real, and our Father wants us to know and understand the spirit realm so we can operate freely in it and defeat the enemy. Deep stuff, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a tough subject. It was. Mm-hmm. It really was. All right, guys. Well, it's time to close. We hope you enjoyed our discussion today on spiritual warfare. And again, like Laura said, if, if you're experiencing anything, just email us. We would mm-hmm. love to pray for you. Yep. You know, there's power in, in unity. So... We definitely love to pray for you and, and help defeat that demonic whatever it is that's that's operating in your life. Right, the warfare. Mm-hmm. Yes. And next week's Thanksgiving, guys. We will discuss having a heart of Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we just want to close with this scripture from Ephesians six eleven. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the de- the devil's schemes. All right. Today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. We so appreciate you, Lord. We so appreciate you, Caitlin. Yes. We want to reference Neil T. Anderson's book. It's been a long podcast. <laughs> we want to reference Neil T. Anderson's book, The Bondage Breaker, and Chuck Pierce and Rebecca Wagner Systems' book called, wait a minute, did I say that? Rebecca Wagner Sitsama. Sitsama. That's hard to say. It is hard. Sitsama's book called Protecting Your Home from Spiritual Darkness. And again, we want to mention a couple of our articles earlier. If you would like to check them out, we will put the links in the notes section of this episode. Before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. And we just want to thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we'd love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3, the number three, at gmail.com. All right. And please visit our website. Uh, Mine is kathyzaka.com. Mine is laurapotter.us. And mine is SusanOffen.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may His face shine upon you and give you His peace. Until next time, Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. 
subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50 Year Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.